You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. And welcome to the Racking Focus Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing a pile of films that we didn't get the chance to review over the last couple months. We're going to be talking about Army of the Dead, Mank, One Night in Miami, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So, since this is a spoiler-filled episode, you might want to skip uh, to 29 minutes and 45 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled around Army of the Dead, which is our first piece. And then we'll be reviewing Mank at 29 minutes and 45 seconds. So if you don't want to be spoiled by Mank, go to 42 minutes total into the piece, and that will get you to our One Night in Miami review and if you don't want to be spoiled about one night in miami you can skip to 56 minutes and 30 seconds for ma rainey's black bottom review so you have lots of options that's also posted in the show notes below how precisely do we do the zombie killing oh, <laughs> is there anybody else here who hasn't killed a zombie well we all know the basics zombies shamblers the undead whatever you want to call them when it comes to killing them it's all about the brain. brain. If one comes at you, shoot it in the brain. It's that simple. Any questions? Yes. What if I took a big rock and smash it into the head? Would, would that work? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that also, that'd still be targeting the brain, so that would work. Copy that. Hey, I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. <laughs> welcome I guess. back this is to the podcast. The podcast, again. yeah. We're, I mean, this is going to be a different episode. We've been MIA for a little bit. I don't know if this is going out before the Loki episode, probably, or maybe not. I'm not Who really knows? sure. Check the, Loki you know, just to listen quick, to right? all of our episodes. We right. have like a hundred something episodes at this point, it feels like. Um, so just, you know, just watch all of them, listen to all of them, and then come back. Come back and tell us what you think and what how we but suck. But before you get lost thinking we're signing off, today yeah, we're going to we'll talk see you later. about a series of films. Yeah. <laughs> and what are we starting with, Josiah? Uh, you know, I think we should start with Army of the Dead because I think of all the films, this is the most ridiculous <laughs> and most entertaining. I have to say, <laughs> of the way, things yeah. I was most disappointed about us needing to take a break, <laughs> both for our own personal you know, career reasons, etc., um, was that we didn't get to follow Godzilla versus Kong with an Army of the Dead episode. That's true. That yeah. felt like the greatest pairing yeah. of conversations. The, the only, the trio would have been, the perfect trio would have been Godzilla versus Kong, Army of the Dead, and Fast and Furious 9. Absolutely. That would have been the perfect three weeks of ridiculous action. Yeah, after Army of the Dead, I watched the... Um, uh, Hobbs and Shaw film just okay, so I just could have <laughs> just so I have that scale of insanity unbelievable there may be spoilers coming in there actually there, probably there's no there way there will, will be spoilers, spoilers happening for at least Army of the Dead the other stuff I'm not sure we'll see when we we'll get see there. what happens Army of the Dead what a <laughs> enjoyably mediocre film Yes. I think I loved every second of it, and I hated a lot of it at the same time. I think, it, yes, I think that, that it is wildly enjoyable. Yeah. In, and intolerable <laughs> throughout the entire same process. Good God. I don't think it makes any sense. <laughs> uh, and it is the Snyder Cut of its own film. Yeah. It's a two-and-a-half-hour zombie film. That's Which, a long That's a long zombie, zombie film. film. That's a long film in general. But that is a long zombie film. And I can't believe that this is setting up a universe. That doesn't include the characters we've already met. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, literally, there's one character exactly. from this who could probably be in an extended universe. Unless yeah. this other thing that's in the middle of the film is legit. And then we'll see the difference. We'll see. We'll see. Uh. It's unbelievable. Um, let's talk about some highlights, maybe. Okay, great. Uh highlights uh that tiger ripping that dude up was uh, you warned me of the gore i did at two parts and i knew that this was one of them (laughs) when i watched it um because my wife would not have been able to handle it that's what i go that's my gauge if my wife couldn't have handled it this was the gore that you were talking about and I knew it was going to happen because they seeded the heck out of that thing. That was actually maybe the only thing that they seeded. That was maybe the only plant and payoff. Right, because some things were planted <laughs> and not paid off. I need to see what did they call them? The uh, the things that the zombies that come back 
after when it rains. Right. I needed to see that. The shamblers. The shamblers. Right. I needed to see the shamblers. That they dry out. They dry in out because the they're idiots and they, they stay in the sun and when it rains they come back for a brief period. And we and of course Nothing. Nothing at all. I, I We don't see one of them. They said they said that at the beginning. I was like, Oh, we're getting shamblers at some point. Would it not be exciting if the sprinkler system had I, gone on? Like, there's a hundred <laughs> ways they could yeah, have there lit those babies up. A million ways this thing could have happened, right? They could have even been pouring gasoline to try and light oh, something right. on fire, and maybe the right the, the soak them, the back, soak up them back up. Yeah, and then Nothing. you could have had on fire shamblers, which probably would have gone against the laws of physics and and natural elements and how they dry out. But. <laughs> I don't like I, I I immediately thought, OK, we're going to see these things and they never happened. And then I thought, what a cool zombie, because I've never heard of. That's no, a great idea. I've never heard of that. It's some some of this movie. And this is not to get off of the tiger because we should talk about the tiger. for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Some of this movie felt like it was all the ideas someone who's watched zombie films would have. For zombies that were cooler than what they, they saw, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was too many things, things to, put to put in a plot there. line. And there's not so enough money to do this. Just going to mention them. Not enough money because we had to replace uh, Chris Dalio with Tignataro, and we right. had a CGI tiger that I think cost more money than replacing uh, Chris Look, with Tig. Tignataro, Tignataro's presence was astoundingly well done. Yeah, and I, fully believable. If you had no idea that she wasn't actually on set. You would have no idea, right? And part of it's well, we let's let's not jump ahead. Things you liked, things I liked. Tiger, uh, Tiger, uh, Tignataro. I liked the German. Uh, I liked the German locksmith. <laughs> I, I liked him a lot. Right, the safe cracker. The right? safe cracker. Yeah. I was very sad, um, and I liked his relationship with the uh, with the black guy. With the with again the. The giant saw that did not come into play. Honest to at goodness, all. like that's the thing, right? <laughs> giant saw that slices a zombie in the opening. Everything sequence. connects to something that was planned and didn't get paid off. Well, and that's the only thing that's used for is to cut through a the concrete wall. wall, right? It was only used for the purpose of the actual thing it was made for. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> insane. And, and some of me wants that to have been the joke like, yeah some right. of me really want he trolling did, did snyder it, troll the heck out of like us? the whole the whole, the whole movie film. has troll in, yeah right maybe that's part of it maybe not i don't know I don't know but that is i mean that that saw was played could not have well, been planted I, heavier i have to tell you i think that this film went downhill after the opening credits opening i think the opening credits is the best part of the film i think it was amazing i mean save for the uh, almost a soul obliterating slow motion. Like <laughs> I'm doing I mean, need to be honest. There were yeah, moments. Yeah, but it was vibrant motion. this time. It, it wasn't in it gray was. and blue. It is true. I am very used to Snyder slow motion in like this gray washed out color palette. It, it, that the opening sequence, which was great, right? Yeah. Felt like a, when it was a series of short, like zombie panels from, uh, uh, my my yeah. zombie art museum. Yeah, where I would like have a different picture of each of the cool kills that yes. I've imagined. Yes, yeah. You know, it uh, felt like if 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 the guys from Zombieland somehow survived the apocalypse and they were going to make a movie, this might be the movie that they yeah, they right. make based Good. on their experience. Um, yes, except there were no Twinkies involved, and there would have been. Uh, yeah, the gore was great too. I mean, I have to say, I liked the, I liked the kills that happened. Um, for the most part, I liked the, uh, I I liked the uh, the booby traps that were leading up to the safe. Mm -hmm. Um, there's good humor here and there throughout, bringing these zombies down the elevator one by one to try and tease them through and get them through the, uh, the booby traps was great. There's a lot of really good things, but. Overall, it was just like little moments that didn't actually play into the overall story. You know, like the, the plot right. overall was weird. So, the so moments right. were great. So it's a, I mean, one of the things I like is that it's a heist film in mm -hmm. a zombie world. Right. And we're at the point now where the zombie story right. isn't sufficient That's, anymore. That right? genre doesn't work on its own. The, you, you, the metaphor yeah. has been done. And yeah. We're, we see magic moments, you it, know. It's why you have films like Shaun of the Dead, that are comedic, uh, or even even in a way rom coms in right. a zombie world, or uh, or Warm Bodies, which is I think a zombie and a R human. Right. right. You have these twists, these subgenres. Yeah, and and you know you don't get. 
pieces like Train to Busan that's just like that's a brilliant that's film straight Korean that zombie, uses yeah. zombies, right. right? Like, but it's it's a brilliantly done story. Yeah, where zombies are a driving force. Here we have a you know a, a story that's a heist film, and the zombies is the structure. Yeah, but Snyder can't not load a million other things, yeah, so yeah. he has to have some sort <laughs> yeah. of the Rock and his child style parallel. Right, right. Uh, here, which you know, so we have the what what if. If <laughs> The Rock were making this film, we know who he would be, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, it's, it's, they're, they're sort <laughs> He'd of this be the like, daughter. Right, this yeah. bargain basement <laughs> rock movie in a way. Right, they couldn't afford him, so they had to go to Dave Bautista. Right, and so, but yeah. if, you, if you think about it, like in Skyscraper or in San Andreas or whichever <laughs> or in, or film. Or Rampage. Right, whichever movie, yeah. we're seeing the same thing where there is some some issue of family that's so crucially important yeah. to the main character that they will abandon sense right and that that person who they care about is sufficiently uncaring about their father uh -huh. or whatever uh -huh. and that will they will be, and do will things be put, to put in danger in jeopardy, right? yeah <laughs> like <laughs> <Glad we> li <laughs> um it, you know and they tell it's funny the things they telegraphed that they paid off were you know um the coyote is um right moving people through all the time right that right. this the woman was lost these people get lost there they are used mm -hmm. as sacrifices or whatever this yeah. transitional zombie thing we have to talk about zombie reproduction for a second i, I don't know how that's possible and if so there needs to be a case made that these are sentient beings who cannot be bombed i feel like that I, was that was that actually happening i think that might have been happening in the film what that people were protesting to not I th I don't kill remember all if it happened zombies. in the film. Like in about it that. was almost like news footage, I think. Because the issue was that there were these refugees in the camp. Nearby, oh, that's right. right. They that's didn't, they the didn't want to bomb it because of yeah. Because the refugee metaphor was important for the uh, for, yeah, overarching yeah, political yeah. context of this film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean the reaper. I, I knew she was pregnant so early. Oh yes, yeah. And 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 as a result, I knew she couldn't live. Yes, like she was a risk immediately. Like she was redshirted the moment <laughs> the moment she was pregnant. Pregnant. The she moment was she was pregnant. Yeah. And then there is die. this creepy baby that doesn't look quite zombie-like, no, but zombie-like no. coming out of that belly. Yeah. Whatever that guy was doing. Yeah. I I just don't know. That, I mean, they're not. I guess they're zombies, but they're not at the same time. I don't know how would you define zombie. I guess is like a. F is, I mean, it's is just a flesh-eating person. Like it's this infected, reborn dead person, right? Like that's the unkillable. Yeah. Un uh, by except for uh, the except severing for the head. of the head, brain, the destruction of the brain, really. Um, but infected by something like infection is always the language of of the zombie world, which in this uh, yeah. past year is fascinating. Yes, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's what what it is. This sort of undead or undiable, except for the brain. Yeah, because they're all. I mean, some eat brains, some eat flesh, whatever. Like there's all that. Stuff there's a bunch right. of different types of zombies, yeah. right? Based on what they eat and their, I mean, their diet and yeah, and the how how the the speed at which they move and their physical ability and the needs of the film. Well, and the needs of the film, and in this case, these are the most cunning zombies I've ever seen because they're practically humans that are just really nasty looking right. and are animalistic in their approach, but are really really smart. And so it's like, well, maybe these are just. I mean, these could just be normal people. It's just a new species. It's just a new spe species of human, right? Um, so that's where, it, I don't know, it was just a little, little weird in that, that area. But. Yeah, ki killing them all w was an intense decision. But, of course, that isn't the case. So now we have we have one right. stray. Right. Well, I mean, the guy gets locked in the safe, and you're like, you're going to survive this. Right. Like, he gets pushed in there. I'm like, this dude's coming out at the end. This is going to be the only guy. The token black guy is going to be the guy who lives in the end. Right. Right. Was he the only black guy in that film? I think he's the only black guy in the film. He's not the only person of color. Right. Right. And to say, too, the zombie bite, it must be why he doesn't die when he comes out of that safe. Because there's not yeah. enough food for the radiation to clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like he should be very he should be sick. dead. Yeah. No, I know. Like when he well, starts I know. to feel sick. Look, that's actually that's the first thing I said. He crawled out of the safe. I'm like, dude, you would be like just your skin would be peeling off immediately. Right, we've unless all watched Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. Unless the safe was like rocketed on the on explosion, like a hundred miles away. 
which did not happen. This, which did not happen because he crawled out, crawled out of the rubble right there. So, yeah. Then there's no way he would have been able to walk through the desert after yeah, being Yeah, the movie makes no sense yeah. at all. Nothing makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's that looped time thing where they're seeing their own selves. But not really. But, but that would have been really. a cooler movie. Yeah, but it could be for the future of this extended universe so Batista can get back in another film. Right, right. Who knows? I, I would love to see that the woman who played the coyote come back. I thought she was I thought she was great. great. Yeah. I, I thought that role was great. When she died, I was really disappointed. I thought that was a cheap out. Like, I, it didn't feel... Oh, I mean, they had to kill everybody. Yeah, I mean... For some well, reason. You know, in my review... Except I, the daughter. Right. Yeah. In my review, I wrote, the problem of a film like this is I can't get attached to characters because I know they're all going to die. Yeah. And they were all too interesting to not want to. And that mm -hmm. conflict to me was challenging. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in Train to Busan, I do love these characters. There are some who are red-shirted easily. Like they're quick mm -hmm. and easy to see go. Right. I do love them, but I love them for reasons that aren't about style. Mm -hmm. They're about substance. And so I experience emotional empathy and pain. Here, right. it's all about style. Right. So right. you don't want to lose that cool component to the ensemble as opposed to I don't want that person to hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that makes for a very different experience. But she was for one sure. who really formed such an interesting part in the story. Yeah. This, uh, you know, talking about immigration, questions about immigration, like all that being played out strangely oh in this gosh. film. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. It's a cr it's a crazy film. It's a crazy film. I listed a few things I liked. You list like one or two things that you that you can think of that that weren't the same things that I said, I guess. I mean, I the thing I think I like the most about this film is in is the general uh pacing of a long film mm -hmm. so i love the fact that it kept itself moving yeah that yeah, we yeah. were constantly in a state of discovery that means we abandoned things that we should have hung with right things right. that i would have liked but right. we didn't get we didn't dwell on any individual component we just kept driving forward yeah yeah and the plot I, kept moving. The plot, yeah, because that's all there was, right? right. There's these interesting characters in a plot, yeah. and the characters are going to die along the way. Yeah. And, and I, I thought that it did a very nice job of lessening the problem of the zombie to get us where we needed to go. I really right. liked the fact that that whole opening sequence, once we encounter the zombie king or queen, and we make the sacrifice, yeah. Yeah. we give up the bad guy, which I thought was a nice twist, right? Mm -hmm. Like he Who I forgot about. Yeah, well, and they and do you're supposed it to, to, right? You're yeah, because it's a two yeah. and a half hour long movie, and he's gone for what an hour and forty five minutes it's of it. A long time. It's a long time. He pops back up, and I said, "Oh my god, I completely forgot about this guy." And he's intelligent enough to be a creeper, and he is a yeah. creeper. Yeah. And so we play that that part of the story out. Mm -hmm. There. The, so I I really like the fact that the the movie just drove forward just to get us where we needed to go, and so instead of them having to evade zombies all through the opening sequence of that film. Right. They, until we get downstairs. Like the second they enter Vegas. Right. right like we they, get all of this. We get to explore some world-building stuff. Mm -hmm. We learn some things that, of course, aren't used later, but we learn right. them. We learn about them. Um, and then and then we get to experience the escape. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I think I like, which is probably <laughs> awful to say, is the the tropes from other films sure you know the helicopter that's not on the roof well we all know where that helicopter was right the right. table set up where they're looking at plans we've seen that in every fast and yeah. furious film. yeah like it is a reference that right he I, I just feel like the movie is making fun of everything yeah uh and to be released on netflix as a film unto its own right is ridiculous i mean it's it, it one of the highest viewed films on, on netflix for sure and you could watch this in segments if you wanted to so like if i wanted to watch this again i could skip the i could watch the first five minutes skip the next 25 minutes <laughs> watch the next hour without yeah. any significant yeah. problem yeah for sure um, i love the horse actually i love the oh zombie yes horse. good i yeah. thought that animal thing was great i love the zombie horse mm -hmm. uh, immensely yeah uh, especially because it created this western feel and the right. strange uh, very strange film. yeah undead, I, undead you, horses undead tigers when you talk about warm bodies i mean certainly warm bodies has this idea of a zombie society mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily as intelligent as this society but certainly is yeah. different and um and i like that about it too i thought that was really interesting it yeah. was pretty to look at oh yeah for sure yeah absolutely snyder's a good filmmaker i am 
I, I, I do wonder if there's missing material. Well, can we release the Snyder Will cut? There'll be, be a Snyder cut of a, Army of the Dead. A, a, a new a Snyder cut of the Snyder cut. Uh, uh, or Snyder. I feel like there. I feel like he probably had pretty full control over I, I the release of this absolutely. film. And Netflix doesn't care. I think all and, that much. And nobody could have been watching this and not have said, "Could you fix this? Yeah. Could yeah. we see this later? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Nobody has. I mean, it's so ridiculous and out there that it's just going to be what it's going to be. And uh, the only thing that ha- having to fix is obviously putting Tig in to replace the right. The other guy so well and you know the the guy who was the uh and again we've watched this a little while back so yeah, this is part this is of the problem while ago. um the internet kill guy oh was, yes yeah what a, what a great idea right like, what a really clever mm-hmm. idea that doesn't really have any significance once they're in vegas right right his his right his skill set shown in the youtube footage we watched he's early. actually okay i feel like in vegas but not as good as he is in that's what i mean like, in youtube in, in youtube, YouTube right, but reddit yeah. but it doesn't become an issue like he's right. good at what he does mm-hmm. but none of that youtube stuff really really right yeah he doesn't re- shoot four zombies in the in the head with one bullet, with one bullet. which felt like yeah. that should appear like that it felt like right. we saw it once here well i feel like he at some point needs to pull up like this wanted thing and curve this bullet around people yeah. you know what i mean like he has to have some kind of extra precise skill which we which we don't get, but yeah. he's certainly effective. I mean, I think they all yeah. do their job, and there's some, and the humor is well, and, I mean, and some of them are really just there to die to allow other people to move forward. Right? right? He's only there to blow the zombies up so that Dave Batista and right. uh, Coyote can get, can to, the get roof. to the roof, and then yeah. the Coyote's there so that Batista can get, get on the get on the helicopter, helicopter. Right. and and Tig's there because Dave needs to get away. Right, right. Exactly. Like they're all just a means to an end because Tig can't survive right Tig should have survived yeah that that helicopter crash is absolutely the most gratuitous yeah. thing to yeah, happen she, she should just be totally fine but right? and, or they should all be dead oh yeah yeah right well because that i you know they crash and all of a sudden I, <laughs> I see the blade go through and this spurt of blood hit the windshield or something like that i'm just right. like uh, he, he, she absolutely you did not need, need to, to kill to that die. character yeah, you, you could have been fine now she maybe fine. you could have made a sequel. You could have made a sequel, right. and you wouldn't have had to CG her in. You wouldn't have had to green well, screen her. You could have made a sequel with nobody and just CG'd her in alone. Yeah, like later you could right. have done an empty Ex- film exactly, and just stuck her in. But I mean, but I, it also may be. I mean, Tignatarov is cunning. She may have. Yeah, I'm put in her one contract. Of, I'm, do I'm one doing one, and, and that's yeah. it. You can't have me again. You have to kill me by the end of right, the film. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and Lord knows that could have not been her. That could have been the original actor, not CG'd in that's whatever. True. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean that that felt really gratuitous. Um, uh, so and so did the champagne on the plane thing feel wildly gratuitous at the end. The champagne. On the, uh, oh yes, yeah, that yes, felt really yes, weird, yes, and yeah. it felt that felt very like Fast and Furious again too, yeah. like some weird end piece. Um, but I mean, it's a fun movie, and it's, it's certainly, certainly worth fun. watching. Yeah, and if you don't like zombie films, it's actually perfectly. It's enjoyable. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's enjoyable. Uh, there, I did definitely some gruesome moments. Um, what was the other gruesome moment? It was. It well, was the tiger a slicing a zombie in two in the opening sequence okay, with the yeah. saw. The time we see the saw used, yeah, is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. The, the opening, actually, the opening is is actually pretty brutal in general. Um, but that tiger, it, it was the face, man. It was the, oh, when was he went for the face, it was just this mush, like a, like a slushy. Like it was like, it was so nasty. Well, it, it is a, it is the characteristic of the, of films. Like, so that to me feels like the toss back to aliens, right? Uh-huh. Uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, the seedy guy who's really betraying everyone gets it in the end, right. you know? Um, but the, Without redemption, without any redemption, <laughs> no redemption. at all. Yeah. But none of these people got. I mean, they they became components of the plot. Yeah, they don't really get their own resolution. Yeah, like why the German guy does what he does. I'm not sure. Yeah. that's completely character motivated. Like saves the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he could have just jumped into the safe. Right. That was my that was my thinking was like just both of you get in the safe real quick and lock it. Because this place is going to get nuked in a second anyway. There's no way you're making it out. Right. The so safe is obviously your best bet to survive. You should have all gotten in the right. safe. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what – and how he got out of the safe. I'm not sure how you get out of the inside of a safe. Is there a button that you press? I don't know. Like, if, it if feels you like there shut me be. in a safe, you yeah. should be. There freaking should be a there button. There should be a button. But it doesn't seem like there would be a button. No, I, well, I think the door got blown or something. Like, I think it was compromised because of the nuke. It's the best safe in the universe. 
Remember, like that guy. Yeah. He literally had an orgasm, I believe, while I he, he got he that did. done. I think that's <laughs> that's what happened. In that yeah, moment. there should be some kind of button on the inside to, that releases the lock in case for some reason you're going in there to get money and the ground isn't level and the door swings shut, right? Like, and then all of a sudden right, you're trapped exactly. and you're the only guy who knows the no, combination. It feels like it feels like, that's, like it's got to that there's got to be a way out. But I mean, but the, if, the real plan should have been to just get like five people to go in there and just go into the safe, lock yourself in, wait for them to blow it to bits right. and have some kind of radioactive gear that you brought with you. Screw the broken helicopter on the roof. Just go into the safe and wait it out. Right. I don't know. Uh, but, but all of that doesn't matter if we think that this has been in a time loop and we don't even understand what's right, right. going on. Like, yeah, it's, I just feel like everything that Snyder th could have thought of from a film, he threw at this thing. Yeah. And just let yeah. it sit there. What could be cool to see? Yeah. Let's throw it on the board. I don't care what it is. Throw it on the board. And we'll keep it. Yeah. We're not going to slice anything yeah. out of this story. We may tease it. Right. Shambler? Cool. Right. We can't show it, though. Uh, time we'll loop? talk about this it. This whole thing's a time loop? Yeah. No, nah, nah, we're not we'll going to. Maybe next time. There yeah. are robots in this. There are robot zombies. There are robots. You're right. There are robots. There are robots that are zombies. zombies. We, yeah. Whatever that means. They exist. Yeah. In this I'm not story. sure how. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why would That's you need the better it? question. The, yeah. the thing is, yeah. like, right, we don't know how. We don't know what it is. But why? why? There, do you think that they existed pre-zombie pre apocalypse? Or do you think that they're manufactured by zombie engineers? Right. Or, or even more, like they were sent in by the government. Right. But in all those cases, those zombies are smart. Yeah. What, are they being duped by <laughs> the... By the king zombie? By, is the king yeah. zombie being fooled by a robot zombie oh, I know. Well, and that he should be able to sniff out right is the king zombie actually a robot zombie uh, no he's that guy well maybe i don't know he's, he's the, the guy, guy who was in the he was in the opening trunk but could he trunk. be a robot zombie could, could he be the original robot zombie but then he could not have had a baby that's gone two steps too far but could he have <laughs> i don't know man because we talk blade runner it's and maybe so a replicant zombie he's a replicant zombie and, so much. and that's the only way you know is when they are blue blood instead of uh Oh, it's red. just so much to me. There's a lot to try and There's breathe too much. it in and out. Well, it, I think that's what Snyder wanted was that this conversation to happen and be like, they're not going to know what to do with themselves when they watch this film. Right. They're going to talk. The Internet's going to talk. Because it's madness. Yeah. And I do really think that th in the conversation must have been anything you can think of, we will include. Yeah. Let's just throw out whoever has the best idea wins. Because the zombie, I don't understand why the zombie uh, b b robots would be attacking anyone anyway. Like, what, I don't, even, I don't know. And if they bite you, they wouldn't hurt you. Well, the like, would they give you the disease? It depends on how realistic they are. Maybe they injected the disease into the robot's flesh. Skin. It doesn't I don't, make any sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how robots work. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Certainly robots in uh, this whatever <laughs> alternate Universe future Snyderverse. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Gosh, movie's ridiculous. I give it a three and a half stars. Yeah, I'm in the same. 1,000% worth watching. It, if you have nothing else to watch, just turn this on. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I put it up against other films, it seems like it's not very good. But yeah. when I put it up against the experience of watching it, yeah. I'm like, no, this, no, this is, is really pretty good. Watching. Yeah, I mean, just you and me talking about it right now, I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch the film now. Oh, I, I, you know? I agree with like, you. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say about it is it is two and a half hours, yeah. which means it's not a six hour, eight episode series I have to watch. So right. I literally can say tonight yeah, I'm going to watch Army of the yeah. Dead and be done. Mm -hmm. I'm not binge watching something right. for eight hours and not sleeping. And because you've seen it already, you could watch half of it now and pick up the other half you know, next week when you get some time. Yeah, you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, once right. you watch it and you understand everything, it does, it's very easy to break this down and watch it in a few seconds. Yeah, there's that, what is it, Black Summer is the other zombie series okay. that's on Netflix. And Black Summer is too many episodes. Right. It's just too many episodes. Yeah, go watch long. Army of the Dead instead. And watch yeah. Army of the Dead. Yeah. It'll do it for you. Great. It'll get your zombie yeah. hit. And it's way more exciting than The Walking Dead in, and, in a and lot of ways. And if you need to clean your palate after that, there are other zombie films, 28 Days Later or... Yeah. Train to Busan, yeah. or Shaun of the Dead, of Living is, is Dead, awesome. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, There's tons of really, you go watch really the good other Snyder. Films. Right? Did he do Dawn of the Dead? The, the yeah. is it Dawn or Dawn, Day? Day of the Dead. I don't. I am not one. quite I'm sure. Look, I, we're he not did another look zombie he did another flick. Zombie film. Yeah, and it's great. It's a good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. So anyway, there we go. Anyway, that was good. That was a good conversation. Let's move on to the next movie. Put aside gratitude, Max. That you've done your best work was no accident. I removed any distraction, eliminated every excuse. Your family, your cronies, liquor, 
I gave you a second chance. And for that, I cannot thank you enough. But with credit for a risky undertaking must go the weight of real responsibility. Given your current health, I wonder if you're up to it. And frankly, I wonder too, but we'll find out. You may never work in this town again, Mac. <laughs> Orson, please. Then you force me to remind you. We have a contract that you understood and agreed to. If you fight this, it will go to what your new guild calls arbitration, and you, my friend, will lose script, money, and assuming such a thing still exists in Hollywood, the respect of those who honor their word. How can I put this nicely? I may be a loose cannon, but you, my friend, are an outsider. There All right, we're going to talk about Mank next, and... It's been a long time since I've watched Mank. I think I watched Mank back in like March. We, we Mank we watched before we recorded our last episode. Yeah, I think it was March. It was I think I watched it before the Academy Awards hit, which was just We did and we watched it certainly before Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um so I don't remember much from Mank <laughs> other than right, we'll get it. We'll some it. really really wonderful cinematography and Gary Oldman being amazing as as usual. Um. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Pulling You're pulling it up on IMDb. Just so I have it. Letterboxed. Yeah, I Whatever. um, I like this film a lot. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, I understand why the Academy Awards were interested in it. Oldman is spectacular, mm -hmm. and the story is really interesting. It is one of these insider Hollywood films, right? Yeah. Like it is definitely a film for film people. Yeah. I can right. imagine it was not as palatable as we might have liked for someone who doesn't know anything about Joe Schmo, right? Film, who doesn't, right. who just watches films for pure enjoyment. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard. It's, I mean, this feels like Fincher is, is creating a, like a love story and a thank you in a way to those that came before him specifically, uh, Mankiewicz. Right. You know, um, you know, Orson Welles gets a lot of thanks for Citizen Kane, but, Mank Mankowitz doesn't get doesn't get that same level of thanks for uh pushing the envelope, you know. So Yeah, I agree. I also think it does a really really nice job of talking about the process of artistic creation. Mm -hmm. And in that uh -huh. black and white yeah. setting mm -hmm. where we are seeing the beauty of what you can do with black and white, which is part of what Citizen Kane's about and yeah. I mean it echoes every imaginable Citizen Kane technique like yeah it deep focus deep, right this four by it was in four by three it wasn't in four by three was it I don't think it's I don't think it was three. in four by three um but it, it is the structure of the blocking yeah the way scenes are set up camera, every camera movements everything, right all man, of that feels yeah. like it's coming right out of the period through the technology we have today, right? right so, right. So it looks drastically it, better, right? It just functions cleaner, better, right? Yeah. Cleaner, all of those things. But it is it's channeling what made mm. that movie great and what makes that period of filmmaking great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think it it talks clearly about what it means to be a creative, yeah, and to Absolutely. be in the process of building and and then sometimes the toll that it will take on your on your body, on your minds, you know, all of on your family. Mm -hmm. All of those things are discussed, right? Well, and the consequences of your art, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that, you know, the film itself is becoming a, a, a dagger in the world he's literally living in. So yeah. his sort of revenge story um, is a story that's causing people active, real pain. Right. And yet, as much as we can acknowledge that pain, the legitimacy of his artistic creation is really important. Yes, um, yeah. Well, even yeah. even down to legacy too of his choices, um, you know, throughout the film and towards the end of the film of, of being credited and all of that, um, and why he chooses to to do what he does and all that, uh, you know, it plays into a lot of a lot of a lot of that. So, yeah, I I mean, I really enjoyed the film. I I want to say Charles Dance's performance. Uh, he's always good. Uh, but just what a yeah. rock star he is. Yeah, um, he does this thing where. You know, and he does this as Tywin Lannister. He does this, I think, in uh, King of the Monsters and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, where he'll give you this stare, this look. And even me as the audience member, I'm just like, I'm in trouble. You know, like I feel like I'm being scolded by his look. Um, mm -hmm. Like him as a dad would be like terrifying because uh, he does. He just looks like the type of guy who would just 
he's murdering you with his eyes. Uh, he's very intense. Uh, but yeah, he is spectacular. Uh, I it's, thought I, I thought Amanda Seyfried did amazing as well. I thought well. Amanda Seyfried was fantastic yeah. as well. Yeah, in a, a really interesting performance. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the use of um, uh, the the use of the alcohol and the space mm -hmm. uh, and how that impacted him mm -hmm. and the, the the way it was presented. I think Lily Collins' performance yeah, she's great. was she's magnificent, great especially in reference to sort of that game they're playing in the space and mm -hmm. what it means to be, like what it means to care for someone as opposed to like lust for someone, right? Yeah. Like we saw such an interesting, well-crafted right. relationship with right. them. Uh, it, it's more than admiration. Um, and the art becomes the thing everyone's working towards, right? right? Except for the businessmen. Right, who are out to make a dollar. And, yeah. and, dis and make and sure that trouble doesn't happen. Right? right, right. Well, and to whoever played Orson Welles, I thought he was spot on. No, that was a hell of a performance. It's yeah. Tom Burke. That's, he's that's a hard. guy from England. Yeah. Uh, and I actually don't know many of the films he's been in at yeah. all. He, uh, yeah, I haven't looked him up, but... He's in a Dragonheart film, though. Hmm. Oof, but I mean, story. I mean, talk about having to to really nail that, mm -hmm. you know? With that's, without that's it pressure. being caricature, right? Right. That that's really what makes it work. Subtlety right? in mm -hmm. your performance as Orson Welles, and um, especially, <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that on its own, on its own, on your own, and then having Fincher be the guy who's trying to get you to be Wells. Because you know he's doing like a hundred takes, right? As Orson Welles in a single mm -hmm. shot at some point, right? Like right. Uh, the meticulous nature of Fincher, which again you can see throughout the film, like from head to toe, left to right, uh, every single every single frame, every single prop, every single sound, every single movement, inch the camera moves, is so precise. Um, well, and that's why to insane. do the thing he's doing this whatever ode to Wells, to uh -huh. Citizen Kane, to whatever that, whatever's happening in this film and the odes yeah. to the real creative behind it, whatever, uh -huh. whatever's going on there, that attention to detail is the kind, is the way Wells, Wells works, works too, right? right? So right. there's like a really cool mm -hmm. parallel between these two filmmakers right. or two artists that they, they share some similarities yeah. in the way they, pro they the work, work that they're going to create right. is that it has to be this way. And the process This is my creation. process. Yeah. You know, we're going to do 100 takes, run multicam, Jesse Eisenberg and um, Rooney Mara in, in uh, the social network mm -hmm. opening scenes. Amazing. 100 takes they did or 98 takes or something like that. And by that 98th take, you know that you know that dialogue as if it's your own. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's there's a reason he's doing it the same way that you know, there's a reason Orson Welles is doing the things that he's doing. So yeah, very, very incredible. Um well, and I think Oldman, just to say, his he's the guy for this role, yeah, because he can go the distance, yeah, right, like yeah. The, you know, he, yeah, he can as, he can push himself as much as we saw the contained performances from so many of the other actors, like working within a role or a time. If you're hearing a lot of noise, yeah. if you are hearing noise, it's because my daughter's just come home. I think my wife is with her, yep. and the dogs have gone well, nice. ballistic. Nice. Uh, it's a yeah. fascinating experience here. So there's new people in the space and um, you're going crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, those, those folks who are playing this subtle clarity, yeah. you need a guy like Oldman who can play big, like who can yeah. really, really, yeah. who can be like out. over the top. I and mean, he does a good job at going over the top right. without feeling like he's overacting. Right. Exactly. You know, like he's, he's doing, he's in the, um, He's in Charles Dance's. I don't remember what his character's name was, but he's in his dining room. Hearst. 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 Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. You're right. Randolph Hearst. Um, and he's in the he's in that dining room space towards oh, the end, and what? he's just going like, he's pissed drunk, and, gosh, like any actor would have just gone way too far right. with it, but he's able to rein it back while still being over the top. Well, and that's. I mean, that scene works. I mean, that's one of the best scenes in the film of yeah. a film with unbelievable work. But he and Dance in that scene. Yeah. Because there's threat mm -hmm. and there's weakness and there's strength and there's mm -hmm. fear. And there's so many things. The subtext throughout the film. I was just was gonna just say great. that. I was just gonna say that. The uh the motivations of each character and how they try to get what they want 
without directly asking for it right. through body language and through other uh, through dialogue without actually saying what they want. Uh, just dancing, beating around the bush of trying to, you know, manipulate or trying to uh, threaten all of those things to try and get what they want. It's a perfect example of, um, you know, when you're breaking down a scene, you know, what do, what do each character what do each characters want? And if, if they, if you can't think of something they want, then they have no purpose. Right. Um, and everybody has purpose in this, in this movie. Yeah. And, and the, one of the keys too, is that that means that no one's really a bad guy, right? Like right. no one's really a good guy. It's, there's, it's the problem of being human. Yeah. And the, how the artist or the temperament of the artist fits into that. Right. And what it means to be the outsider and what, what it means when your art is all possessing. Yeah. And yet for all of that, we're not in a. It would be easy for Hurst and Dance to be the villain, mm -hmm. and he's not a good guy. Right, but, but he's not the villain of the film because the film is talking about the relationships and what mm -hmm. happens in this relationship. And and Mank is, I mean, he's a wildly self-destructive man. Right, for good reason. Right, it's man. It's a lot of it is man versus self. Yeah, you know, in the film. And, uh, you know, man versus man versus art in a way, you know, it's just like our dog just laid down on the cords. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot of different conflicts happening. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a beautiful film and uh, definitely worth definitely worth watch. Another awesome film from Netflix. That's, yeah, it's important to note that as opposed to our previous Army of the Dead talk, this yeah. is the one where you want to you want to make sure you have the evening to watch mm -hmm. it. Uh, and you're you, because it is yeah. it's a it's, it's a film you need to digest it, and while you're watching it it provides some mm -hmm. uh, aesthetic challenge to someone who's not ready right, for right. Uh, even just the black and white right will, even just the black will and white will throw you off yeah yeah and the the tightness of the emotional experience right. or the closeness of those yeah. experiences so yeah, yeah absolutely great. all right let's move on to the next film okay I always find it kind of funny how you light skinned cats end up being so damn militant <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you are yellow as the sun. And when I think about who the most outspoken consequences be damned brothers out there are, it's all you light skinned boys. You know, you, W.E.B. Adam Clayton Powell. Well, I, 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 I never pay any attention to complexions, Jimmy, because we are all, we are all black people. Don't, don't suddenly talk to me like I'm stupid. You know we are all far from the same. When the white folks ain't around, you see the, the light-skinned girls gather together in one corner, all the dark-skinned girls gather in the other, and you know, coming up, light-skinned cats get it harder from black people sometimes than they do from the white people. What are you trying to say? I just wonder if all this pushing and Hardline this and hardline that is really about trying to prove something to white people, or Malcolm, is it about trying to prove something to black people? <laughs> oh, well, uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting way of looking at things. All right, so let's talk about One Night in Miami. This was uh, directed by Regina King. And to be honest, for the longest time, I thought this was a musical. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. Uh, and then I realized it wasn't, and I gave it a watch. Not that it would have stopped me from watching it. I don't mind musicals, but um, I thought it was very kind of strange. I wasn't sure how you were going to do a musical about Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke, other than Sam Cooke singing for the entirety of the movie. Right. Um, yeah, what did you think of this? I know you watched this probably months before I did. I did. Um, I, I like this film. Uh, it is a play. I mean, it is 100%. a play. 100%. It is actually a play. a play. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's both of those things I think I need to say up front. Yeah. Um, I um, I do think it does, I, I think it is uh, interesting in the interplay between these historical figures, mm -hmm. but it's more about ideology than it's about the real characters. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like these people are voice boxes for positions in uh -huh. some ways more than their voice boxes for their historical persona. Right. Uh, and right. and so and I and that to m I struggled with that a little bit. Does does it bring extra weight because of their persona because I, of who they are? I think their persona allows them to speak a certain style to be a certain way, mm -hmm. but the 
person speaking is the is their ideology the ide- ideology they're representing for the purpose of the film yeah and there's nothing wrong with that right well i guess what i'm is, asking is could if you were to have characters named obviously if you can't really do this but characters named the thing they represent they weren't it's not cassius clay it's not malcolm x this film couldn't really exist because of the outside forces that are pushing them to believe whatever they're believing. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so the their their historical nature and their ideology plays out, mm-hmm. but their personal selves are very secondary. Yeah. So the story, you know, it was built very much as a story of these four guys together. Right. And it's really the story of four ideas together. Mm-hmm who are manifested in these mm-hmm. guys. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. just about the way it's yeah. built or presented. And it's, it does, there's the motivation though, because the, it Malcolm X's ideology can't exist if we weren't seeing the influence from the outside world of him right. being kind of pushed out of the mm-hmm. Islamic, like that, right, that nation that, of Islam group, you right? Know, exactly. and, uh, and people watching him, mm-hmm. like the constant threat on his life, his family, and so, there's definitely outside motivation, outside forces that are causing us to understand why they believe what they believe. Um, really, actually, only for him, only for Malcolm X and uh, Jim Brown. Right. You know that those are the, really the only two. I, I know. I, as far as Cassius Clay goes, he's just kind of this. He he really feels like this naive. Um, person who's very new, right, to this faith, a little zealous in his faith. Because he's the student, to, right? right? He's the student of yeah. the faith, and they call him out on that. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown certainly calls him yeah. out on that. Um, uh, yeah, and then of course Sam Cooke is the uh, is the other ideology of mm-hmm. of what you you might see as sort of co opted by or or not really willing to mm-hmm. take the stance. So you have the revolutionary voice, right? You have you know this this voice of action. You have the commercial figure mm-hmm. and you have this this sort of person living in the trying the, to just fit into that fit in yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's funny because jim brown his history with film is so interesting right like yeah. he he makes a career for himself like he does carve a career for himself right doing some not great films and some really right. cool parts but we we watch him here again as as a, those things are what support the motivation behind his ideology Mm -hmm. yeah i have to say i very strange that he would to to anybody who didn't know him i guess or maybe even did know him very strange that he would give up a career in football right as one of the all-time greats of football i guess i don't watch football but that's what i understand he was yeah an amazing football player to go do some acting and follow like what he actually enjoys doing i mean that would look absolutely insane to literally anybody who knows him and doesn't know him and to me i'm like i love that because i i think that everybody should just be doing what they want to do mm-hmm. um and so obviously sometimes there's there's gonna be moments in life where you have to do what you don't want to do but ultimately if you're going to chase something you're going to do something for a long time it should be something that you want to do and something that you enjoy doing and I'm, i like that they had i had that even though it was very small part of the film of him chasing down his thing you know right. the acting and giving up something that everybody thought that he should be doing and he goes and does the thing that he wants to right. do so uh i thought the acting yeah. in the film was great i thought oh, the man. blocking Goodness. of the of the scenes as a person mm-hmm. watching theater the blocking of those scenes in the three-dimensional space instead of like a two-dimensional space yeah as you might see in a proscenium environment this sort of sense of flow and movement was great with the yeah the camera tracking and moving and and being a living participant i felt like we were in the room mm-hmm. with those four guys yeah right? i mean for mostly taking place in you know a small motel room there's a, a wide variety of shots and angles and you know choices that were made and uh, wide shots where you're seeing the entire space all the way back into the kitchen right and shots where you're really close up on them just in you know a chair and uh, yeah it was it was it was shot beautifully and you know the one thing that I had to ask myself a little bit was you know why is this why was this made a film you know is this better as a film than it is as a play uh, what would be the reasoning for this to be a film rather than a play because really this this existed as a play first and normally when you're I feel like when you're transferring from one medium to the next, there has to be a reason to do it. And the only thing I can think of is that they can actually show more 
as far as context goes you know other than that the dialogue doesn't hold any more power you know inside a film than it does in person um yeah and I, th- I you know one of the things for me uh, and and I mean, i'm gonna talk about maybe it's it being from close maybe it's proximity to the actor's face you're able to see emotion rather than you know it, it's mean, also a it's a, from an economic standpoint from a the the business of film standpoint sure, which sure. of course is not what i should be talking about but <laughs> i'm going to talk about it anyway is that the uh you in order to make this big move of getting uh, you know black cinema out mm. there and really push forward with these stories there's going to need to be tried and true content so right. developing film takes time right and so having source material that pre-exists sure oh that makes let you move quickly to mm-hmm. the screen so this didn't doesn't need a lot of rewrites it doesn't need a lot of de- devising right. of work the 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 materials there and it's cost efficient because the thing about the stage is the stage is about limited numbers of settings right and so you can expand the piece right. on the screen but you're still managing costs so regina king goes and i mean regina king does not need to negotiate a lot right yeah, like right, you understand what i mean right, but right. she can go in and say this is a film i want to make and it's a cost effective film yeah. because a b and c right. and i can start next week right and th- and that to me feels like a very marketable um item and we, we we've actually seen that this transition from stage to screen happened a lot in the past five years or so and i think a lot of it has to do with development and for black cinema it's a really great way to come at things from a different angle yeah because this story is harder to sell yeah as an idea than an actual piece of physical storytelling that right. has been played on a stage and and worked right you know and and, and come to success and the film we're going to talk about after this the same thing applies yeah I and mean, i yeah. just think it's the same exact issue yeah uh so so yeah th- uh, that that i think may be part of it you know you want it to be a dramatic reason and i think there are i think your points mm-hmm. are legitimate i think there's this other economic reason yeah certainly from a business perspective right. perspective that makes a lot of sense uh, you know um, and we yeah. there and, and we have to think about you know we just celebrated juneteenth yesterday mm-hmm. and you know i've been harping on the fact that you know juneteenth is a metaphor for how long it took for black people to get freedom right. so it is a celebration of freedom day except it's a celebration of freedom day that was two and a half years delayed right and right. there's something about that that's disturbing right um and part of what i think about with what's happening right now is we have this really intense rush to produce uh black film um yeah. and w- there's a i mean there's a his- tremendous amount of wonderful black films throughout history and if at some point someone wants me to do a podcast covering yeah. black film I'll, I'll talk about it for hours and hours um i watch you know i watch Cooley high once a year just to feel good about <laughs> right, who right. i am right uh, yeah. but the 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 idea for me with with um what's happening now is there's a rush to make that so we see small acts and, and that mm. gets pushed forward quickly and we see mom Rainey's black bottom we're going to talk about in a second and we yeah. see um one night in Miami, and because they're easy to make, Malcolm and Marie, they're things that are easy, quick to make, right. and there's a market for it right now, right. and so business people are seeing that as an option, and these are opportunities for them to make it. That doesn't make it any less important to make it, right? right, right I'm really right, right. glad that that's available to us, yeah. um, but it is it is part of, I think, what the, mm-hmm. the story is, is that. And from a business perspective as well, it will likely also drive more people to see this as a stage play as well. That's right. If I saw this pop up on, you know, Broadway or off Broadway, I'd be far more inclined to say, Oh, I've seen the film. I'd love to experience it in person Mm -hmm. and see what that, that is like, uh, with different actors, different, different directors, different, different styles, different, different visions. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall thought this was a, I mean, awesome film. Uh, doesn't take a lot of time out of your day to to power through. I think it's uh, it's not that long I don't, from what I remember. Um, it certainly flies as an experience. Yeah, I it's, think it's, it's great. an hour and fourteen minutes long, so it's under it's under two hours. And uh, overall, we'll we'll ask you a lot of questions about you know what you're believing and in in different aspects of life where uh, you know if you're fighting against racism, if you're fi- how how you are in your faith. Like, there's a lot of different aspects of um, who you are as just a person 
uh-huh. an ideology is worth the conversation like it's mm-hmm. good in the same way that um you know malcolm and marie as much as it's about their relationship talks mm-hmm. about some big issues and it lets yeah. us think about it I, I love that this takes the time to do that yeah and i think the acting's great i mean i think these yeah. guys really inhabit so those bodies they they inhabit them so much that it you fool i don't they even look like them mm-hmm. so much like i was blown away at how much these actors look like their counterparts in real life um I mean, I looked them all up while we were watching the film because I, was, I wasn't 100 percent sure what Sam Cooke looked like. Right. I was just like, man, this guy look. I knew what Malcolm looked like. I know what Cassius Clay looked like. Right. And Jim Brown. I think Jim Brown's the cl- the furthest away from, you know, looking exactly like. But man, Malcolm X and Cassius Clay looked spot on to me. Mm-hmm. Spot on fully that I, like, I think if I if I have to picture Malcolm X or Cassius Clay, I might actually picture these there guys in the guy. movie yeah. before the real life people. There you go. Um. So yeah, I mean. They just completely inhabited those characters. Um, it, yeah, it was amazing. And it you can see Regina King's yeah. acting ability present, present. because mm-hmm. she understands the actor, and I think that right. really plays, especially for a piece that's yeah. uh, a dramatic stage sort of environment brought to the screen. Fully, fully relies on the actors to mm-hmm. to do the work, yeah. you know, for the film. If I mean, if even if any one of those performances faltered in any way, it's going to take the rest of them down too. Mm-hmm. You know. So everybody is really strong. Um, so well, I mean, watch this for the acting alone. Like it's just yeah, and, it and, and uh, well made. Regina King has yeah. shown she can direct as well. So yeah, it's good. Anything else you want to say about nope, the film? That's it. That's Great. good. Let's move on to the next film. They don't care nothing about me. All they want is my voice. Well, I didn't learn that. And they're gonna treat me the way I want to be treated, no matter how much it hurt them. They back there right now calling me all kind of names, calling me everything but a child of God. But they can't do nothing else because they ain't got what they wanted yet. Soon as they get my voice down on one of them recording machines, then it's just like I'd be some whore and they roll over and put their pants on. All right, let's talk about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What do you think of this film? Uh-huh. So You've watched it way long ago. I have. Yeah. Um, I love August Wilson's work mm-hmm. uh, and have uh, produced and been stopped from producing uh, uh, ways of seeing his work in the world. Um, and I've watched a lot of his plays. Uh, not every single one of the cycle. Have you um, seen this play? So I, this is one that I had not seen the play okay. beforehand. Um, uh, the cycle of his these, this century of plays mm-hmm. is really interesting and uh, and and wonderful uh and i mean it's the pittsburgh experience so it is definitively living in our culture too like we understand it partly because it's very east coast yes um but i I like the i like it a lot i uh i think the acting is extraordinary i think this is an actor's film yeah well in the same way that one night in miami is just crushing it in the acting department like this i mean viola davis chadwick boseman and i'm gonna say that i mean coleman domingo is just incredible as well astounding Um, just just uh, everybody everybody in this film is just doing like top-notch work i mean chadwick crushed me like his character is so tragic to me um i just it it hurts watching Mm. it hurts watching so and he's extraordinary i mean yeah. and we struggle with the fact that we also know that we've lost him right yeah, so right you, there's more meaning to it you know knowing there's a resonance you know, watching, right that, watching him that's that's there yeah for sure yeah but i mean the rest of them are just they just they, they kill it and i mean Vi- viola davis too is you don't even see her i have a hard time sometimes watching viola davis work because I, ha- I I see Viola Davis sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I ha- It's just this thing with actors. It's, this, it's the reason Nicolas Cage is always Nicolas Cage. Not that he's not doing another character. It's just that I can see him because I know his face so well. Um, and Viola Davis being in a lot of films, I just know her face, right? And that's, right. that's what I end up seeing. But in this, she just completely transforms. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was, it was incredible. And it's, it's short. It's only like 90 minutes. So... Yeah, one of the things, uh, you know, I think about, th- one of the things that is really well done in 
the work of August Wilson is the the life of these black figures in a world that has whiteness on the outside of it. Hmm. Like he doesn't uh-huh. allow uh-huh. white characters to play significant roles, but their presence is there so that the peripheral white society is on the outside of those things and we see the yeah. impact of it. And I think that the those recording sessions that take place are so well done yeah. at talking about the social strata yeah. that existed in this time and, and you know, the struggle for individual rights and for artistic freedom. Yeah. And this is one of the other things that August Wilson is really good at is making his characters all not perfect. Right. You know, in, when one went in Miami, we see characters who, although their flaws are there, their mm-hmm. flaws aren't as richly cutting to who they are. Like, yeah. their historical nature is protected in right. some ways, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, Sam Cooke gets to sing the song at the end that... that yeah. forgives him from for what he's been accused of in the story right whereas here all these characters are flawed yeah damaged fully uh, yeah. i mean viola davis you know does a amazing job at letting ma rainey be a problematic woman and yet right. one we have to admire and embrace yeah and, right. and that's something that is is bold because it would be easy to uh i want to say this it would be easy to make in a, in black film be made easy to respond to the culture we live in by making black people the heroes to, to make uh-huh. everything black panther to right make every story right. black panther right, right. and that it's, black people can't have the flaws because we need to portray them as but like it, the hero to try and redeem like what we we've need done to, is that what you're saying yeah like, because there needs to be some redemption and yeah. we steal away right. the richness of character by virtue yeah. of the need to to ex- have excellence and to uh, right. avoid showing fault, and instead, yeah. August Wilson digs into the humanity of people, and this mm-hmm. story is so rich in its humanity. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she's fully in this. I mean, she is mean. She's arrogant. Uh, I mean, I think that you know Chadwick's character has the better has the better performance, and that's the one that she's non collaborative. She doesn't want to work with. You know she's a drama queen essentially right mm-hmm. in this uh, and she's gonna get her way um but yeah like it's it she's she's fully mean like you do not like her watching this film uh and so that's it's difficult and, and, it's and that's difficult. a ballsy thing to do right, as an actor yeah. to make that choice especially when it's the titular character mm-hmm. you know right like you're like this film is this film about her or is it about the other characters and to me it's, it's more about chadwick's entire right you know his character's story in this moment in those right. 90 minutes is this real time is this film in real time it sure feels like it's in real time okay. yeah I, w- I wasn't sure um it may cut around here and there it may jump I, around time here and there but yeah there's a measure of exhaustion that, that runs us because we don't see everything happen yeah but th- it certainly has the sense it's it, it does this the idea the same thing one night miami does that mm. nakamari does there's this idea of what we call the unities right mm-hmm. one period of time in one space with one group of people right you know that that that's that's what we see going on. Yeah, um, I think Chadwick Boseman's performance is extraordinary, right? Um, yes. Yeah, and that role's tragic tragedy is so richly human and extends beyond the issue of race. It is right. deeply entrenched in the issues of race. Yeah, but his struggle is a struggle humanity can feel too, and I think that mm-hmm. that's really and trauma and ab- yeah. and like all of these things that everybody has some some level of uh you can connect to him regardless of what race you are what gender you are you know what you identify as Mm -hmm. you know what sexual orientation you are like you can identify it doesn't matter who you are you can you as long as you can hear the words and understand the word and even actually beyond that you can understand his pain just by watching his performance if you watch this and you speak um you know japanese and you don't understand a lick of English, you can view, you can visualize, you can see his pain that he's feeling right. throughout the film just by watching body language um, and and reactions and, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that, all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, those performances are great and the humanity is amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the, that is not to say that we are going to ignore the fact that the trauma he's feeling is black trauma. Yeah. And I, I think the boldness of the conversation about faith in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm-hmm. is extraordinary. And that's something that we see throughout 
the cycle. So through August Wilson's plays, questions about spirituality and faith yeah. are constantly present. Yeah. And this is one of the places where we really challenge the orthodoxy. Yes. Um, yeah. And 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 the idea that orthodox faith that that and that's bold. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's bold cinema. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was. I mean, another one of Netflix's films that is just like we're just gonna put this out there and give full control. I feel like to the creative and uh, let them let them do what they're gonna do. And uh, I mean, three three out of the four films that we talked about today were Netflix. Mm -hmm. One Night in Miami's Amazon Prime. Right. I mean, that's incredible that they're all streaming services that are releasing these films and doing things the way they want to do them. I mean, I mean, you and I often talk about uh, films that are uh, destroyed by the studio and the system. Um, Warner Brothers. <laughs> I feel like most often. And uh, it's really, really nice to see films that don't feel like the hand of the studio has ruined the picture mm -hmm. you know uh even if the film doesn't turn out to be the best thing you've ever seen or the even even that good you know army of the dead isn't a great film but i respect it for what it is because i know the studio didn't try to you know suck the life out of it you know and that right. the, the, the creative had the, his vision and he did it to the best of his ability mm -hmm. i can judge it because of i know this is the cre it feels like this is the creative's end goal and uh, not because I have to wish that there's another cut out there that the studio didn't have its hand on. Right. You know, so Ma Rainey's feels like that one night. Miami feels like that. Uh, Mank certainly, Manx feels, like certainly that. feels like that. Fincher wouldn't make a film without his hand on it mm -hmm. and having final picture cut picture lock. So, um, yeah, I mean, give I mean, give all of these films a watch. They're all accessible through a probably a seven or 30 day free trial you right know? Exactly. like they're all worth watching absolutely is there anything else you want to add about my rainy no i think we've done our job here sort of wrapping things up and yeah. we're going to be looking at some new films coming out yep we have fast mm -hmm. and furious we have black widow we have in the heights is coming in the heights, yeah right? lots, we have lots all sorts of films of so we're going to try about. and keep up with that as best we can we'd love for you to join in on the conversation by leaving us a message at anchor.fm slash racking focus podcast the link is in the description of this episode We'd love to feature you in the podcast and respond to your questions and thoughts in a future episode. And if you want to track all the films we watch and talk about, you can catch either of us at Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me there at John Doyle. And I'm at Josiah Blizzard. The links to our profiles are also in the description of this episode. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we ask you to leave a five-star review because that helps people notice us. But you can leave whatever comments you want about us in the review. That way you can share your opinion and increase the conversation. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast, where we post screen grabs from some of our films we're watching and where we'll keep you updated on the episodes that are releasing week by week. If you are listening to an episode, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of that episode you're listening to and tag us in your story. Yeah, please uh, continue listening to us and supporting us. We appreciate you, whoever's listening, <laughs> <laughs> whoever you are. All right. So, so thanks. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.